1: The civics circus Maximus gets wonderfully weirder every day, and today is another day when, yet again, the biggest news story in America comes from, yes, the blaze, Excelsior. Now you know why seatbelt laws are a good idea. Whoa! Fasten your safety belts. The Civic Circus Maximus gets weirder and more wonderful every day. Welcome back, my friends. We are the Blaze Radio Network. You know, the source of the number one story in America. Yet again today, Glenn Beck and Glenn Beck's. Network, the source of the number one story in America today. Yeah, yeah, we're a little proud for and of the boss. Oh yeah, we are. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. All your tweets are read, and many of them read on air, and many of them responded to all of which you know but bears reiteration here at J-A-Y, little underscore doohickey, S-E-V-E-R-I-N, at J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. Well, 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 well. As we discussed here yesterday afternoon, here I was minding my own business, well, minding the national business, and we were having a conversation, weren't we? And I said, uh, discussed with one of you, and I'm sorry, I don't have, it could have been Scott. It could have been, uh, I think it was probably Scott. But I, yesterday we said, Will it not haunt us, those of us who are Cruz supporters, will it not haunt you a little bit if, ironically, Ted Cruz does well or even melodramatically wins Nebraska tomorrow, meaning now, meaning today? Won't that be weird? And do you think it'll mean anything? Lo and behold, this morning, after a lot of us were thinking, you know, Cruz, what if, Teddy, we hardly knew ye, and all of that, maybe we were thinking, is it is it possible, you know, what happened this morning was on the Glenn Beck radio program, here on the Blaze Radio Network, Ted Cruz appeared... With the eponymous Glenn Beck and said, if I win Nebraska, I may get back in the campaign. Those are not his words. His quote, Ted's quote is, I suspended the Cruz campaign because I didn't see at that moment a path to victory, having lost Indiana. Pardon me. But if I see a path to victory, we got in this to win it. And if I see a path to victory, I will respond accordingly. Thus spake Ted Cruz, evidently not yet out of it, this morning on the Glenn Beck radio program on the Blaze Radio Network. And it is the source of the single biggest and most exciting story in America today, one
2: triple eight nine hundred three three nine three
1: one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Now, as a get, as we call it in the business, as a get, this is a you know big deal for our network and a big salute to our boss. Now we have to look at it with some fairly critical questions. I mean, Glenn did his job. He got who I hope will be the next president of the United States, and I know I'm not alone in that wish, you know, nor have those of us who are for him ever truly, totally given up on that. But now it's time, you know, toss and all that. We have to ask some critical questions. We've got the story. It's a huge story. It's also a huge question, isn't it? My question to you is, was this what the lawyers call a spontaneous utterance? And which is generally not true in the law. This one means pretty much exactly what it self-evidently appears to mean. There's a term in law called a spontaneous utterance. And I wonder if this is one. By Ted Cruz. Did Ted plan this? Was 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 Ted Cruz's statement to Glenn this morning? It was absolutely is absolutely newsworthy. It may be profoundly so. Well, it is profoundly so. The question is, will it turn out to be significant? Now, it's truly substantial. Is it significant? Significant, as you know, its various Latin and Greek roots. It is derivative of to signify. To indicate? Is it significant? Does it signify something? Did Ted Cruz truly mean to signify to Glenn what Ted uttered? What the heck does Ted mean? How will Ted Cruz supporters and others react? And if you think I'm insinuating something, I am. I'm insinuating this question. If Ted or, or, or this, okay, let's call it a suspicion. If Ted really wanted to do this, and maybe Glenn knew about it in advance. In fact, I don't write off for a second that Glenn knew about it. In, you know, in advance. But I I can't know that. You can't know that. And I'm not going to ask it. You could, but I'm not. The, the, here's the point. If Ted really wanted to do this, if Ted Cruz wished his statement to Glenn Beck this morning to be as profoundly significant as it could be and may be, i.e., his re-entry into the race. If he wished it to be that, wouldn't it be part of, like this afternoon, Ted Cruz is back in Washington. He's back in his Senate office. Which means he can't be anywhere. He might need to be. Let's say he wins Nebraska today. Let's say, as he intimated to Glenn, maybe he gets back in the race. He's not in a place where he would need to be, which would be Nebraska, or really the next one of the next states. You know, is is I'm I'm just saying, it it's a it's a wonderful development. I couldn't be happier as a Ted Cruz supporter of many years. I couldn't be happier, but it's also my job to ask whether this is truly signifying something. Is it part of a plan? Is it, is it part of Ted's plan to, you know, reactivate his campaign? Uh, and wouldn't he have tried, and this is my bottom line question, and I think it ought to be yours, if, if I may so presume. Well, if if Ted really wanted this to be, if Ted wanted to maximize what he told Glenn this morning, wouldn't he have been trying to gin up the Nebraska vote a little bit rather than, you know, forget about it, turn away? I mean, are you telling me what Ted didn't think of this? So like Ted suspended his campaign and it never occurred to him that maybe The people of Nebraska would say something the people of Indiana didn't, which is, we don't want this to be over. We don't want this to be over. We don't want Trump as the nominee. We may or may not want Ted, but enough of us do, and certainly enough of us don't want this to be over, that we Nebraskans are going to change, throw a monkey wrench in the works. You know, wouldn't Ted have seen this? Wouldn't Ted want to gin up today's vote and be positioned to take advantage of it? I just wonder, was this morning's huge newsmaker to Glenn Beck more than a huge newsmaker was it Was it a signal that he's actively considering reentry into this campaign, or was it, do you think, a spontaneous utterance? Of a hopeful candidate, not yet over all of this, who knows he enjoys the support of so many of us.
2: Jay Severin
1: on the Blaze
3: Radio Network.
2: On the Blaze
1: Radio Network. Welcome back, partners. 1 888 900 3393. The biggest story in the USA today is from right here, from the Glenn Beck's Blaze Radio Network and from the Glenn Beck Show. Wherein Ted Cruz live told Glenn essentially, I'm, you know, if I do, if I see a path to victory meaning not just today's Nebraska primary, which we discussed yesterday, remember? You know, what happens? Will you be haunted if Ted wins in Nebraska? Will you rethink it? Will anyone else rethink it? Okay, so Glenn put the question to Ted, and Ted said, if there's a path to victory, I'll get back in. That's the essence of what he said. And that means not just Nebraska. See, the beauty of this answer, even though it has its limitations as – or prospective limitations, as as I hope I brought out with my questions for you a moment ago. You know, was it really, did it really signify something, or was it a spontaneous utterance, or what's the deal? Well, you see, the thing that's most encouraging, kind of hidden in this answer, is that when Ted answered Glenn, he didn't just say, yeah, if I win Nebraska, I might get back in. He said, if ever— I see a path. He didn't say the words, if ever, but that's what the words, that's what a plain reading, that's what a fair reading of those words mean. If ever, I should see a path to victory. And also, victory doesn't mean, you know, necessarily having to get to 1237. It means having to stop Trump from getting to 1237 on a first ballot victory. Between now and the the very first ballot that's a long time there are a lot of wander uh, water under the bridge between now and then it also means that maybe ted knows something we don't know which is the rnc ain't gonna let trump win on the first ballot which again is doubtful for reasons we are actively discussing but it ain't impossible oh by the way i i understand as of carly fiorina listening to the glenn beck show this morning She has put on hold, at least temporarily, her new Tupperware career. Richard from White Plains, welcome.
4: Hey, Jay, I think you're right. It doesn't necessarily have to be Ted Cruz, but um, Donald Trump, with his idiotic rambling mouth, left the door open when he said, I don't need conservatives. So, um you know did
1: he, did and, he, did he say that per se or are you are you uh inferring that from his saying i don't really need for the party to unite
4: no i heard him say that cuz he says everything you know he's this i know, know i know him. but he's,
1: but this is important he you 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 you're claiming that you heard him say the word conservative that i don't need conservatives
4: yeah he said i don't necessarily need conservatives he said that
1: okay okay Okay, okay. Just, I didn't hear it, so I was curious, because you're, you're educating me. Thank you. And, well.
4: and, you know, observing his recent arrogance of, you know, regarding Paul Ryan, I don't need conservatives, I mean, I would love to see a third-party conservative run and throw a wrench into this guy who will stop at nothing with his tactics to win. I okay, mean, it, it would so
1: just... you would – that's where we part company. So you'd rather uh, – do you care at all about the who sits on the Supreme Court?
4: Do Does it matter? What a yes to or no, please,
1: please, please. Would you do me the courtesy of answering my efforts mm-hmm. to construct a question such that it can be responded to with a yes or no? Mm-hmm. Do you care about the Supreme Court? Sure. I don't need to go further, do I? Now, I know you don't find that uh, – an ultimately persuasive point, but I think that you must admit that it's a somewhat persuasive challenge. My point to you is, you're now getting into vengeance land. You're now getting into, I was for Ted, as, as I am, have been. Couldn't make more clear. But now that my guy didn't win, I want to F up the other guy. I just want it the other guy no to purpose. get his comeuppance. Because the cost of that is... Worse than in eight years of Barack Obama.
4: Well, well Jay, I don't think that um, the Supreme Court has served conservatives now. I mean, they got Obamacare. Uh, it's care different, through John uh, Roberts. Uh, Richard, got,
1: different discussion. Well, who's going to appoint the next two, three, four justices to the United States Supreme Court? And the answer is the next one or two terms of whoever is president of the United States and the question we're going to talk about in a moment after the break is the other is the other huge huge political story today which is that the polls as reported by every medium in America radio television web everybody is that in the crucial yesterday I reported to you that Fox I'm sorry that the Washington Post had written a big story saying, Here are five scenarios whereby Donald Trump wins the electoral college, and all five of them are are feasible they're not no one's saying it's going to happen, but all five are feasible richard and the the they all derived from one principle: if Trump can win a number somewhere between two and five of the crucial swing states including ohio florida and um i know one was wisconsin oh pennsylvania uh pennsylvania and as you may know the polls out last night first thing this morning uh, show that trump is even or ahead in ohio florida and pennsylvania I, sa- I, I said, I said, well, the day that the day after Ted withdrew, I came on in front of you guys and said, as a Cruz supporter, which I still am, until the guy gets hit by a truck, I'm a Cruz supporter. But Trump could not only win; he could win. He could, not implausibly, win in a landslide. He could win in a landslide.
2: J7 on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: It's the Jay
0: Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Snake Flag tweets, awfully cruel of Ted Cruz to try and haphazardly super glue back together the shattered vase which previously contained all our hopes. Uh, You know, uh, is that to hash an assessment? I don't know, but it's an intelligent one. And that's why I wondered, the minute I heard Ted Cruz with Glenn Beck making USA's number one story today, The Glenn Beck Show, by telling Glenn, you know, if I win in Nebraska, then... And, and you know, again, it was broader than that. What What Ted really said to Glenn Beck this morning was, if at any point in this process... I see a path to victory. I'm taking it. I'm jumping back in. That means any time between now and Cruz, I'm sorry, and Trump actually winning, if he does, the nomination. So this actually offers simultaneously more and less hope to Ted supporters than prima facie, it appears. Because prima facie, if you're a Ted fan, it's like, oh, joy, he's back in this. Well, no, he's really not. But, oh, joy, he's not back in this if he he loses Nebraska tonight. Oh, joy, that doesn't mean he's out of it. What Ted said this morning to Glenn Beck is, I'm back in this at any moment, any time, anywhere, anyhow. Wherever, whenever it is, that's the fair reading of Ted's remarks this morning. I'm if I'm back in maybe, maybe if I win Nebraska, maybe I get back in. But what he said was and and see that would narrow it like and so tonight if he doesn't win Nebraska, all Cruz supporters bum out heavily and say, "Ah, oh, that's it, you know, it's dead." Uh uh-uh. uh. What he told Glenn is far broader and more affirmative than what is even being reported. What Ted Cruz said this morning was if there's any chance for me anyhow, any time, I am back in this. That is far broader than tonight's results in Nebraska. But admittedly, it does kind of start in a way tonight with Nebraska. Doesn't it? I mean if Ted Gets beaten snotless in Nebraska tonight, which would be understandable because maybe most voters think he's not in it anymore and they don't want to waste their ballot. So I must tell you, based on my lifelong practice, study, observation of politics uh, for a living, if, if I had a candidate who pulled out a week ago or two weeks ago, a lot of his voters would stay home tonight. So this is no automatic. This is why I, I wonder: did this was this part of a plan? If Ted wanted his Nebraska supporters to turn out to today, tonight in force, wouldn't he have told Glenn this a week ago? And maybe showed up for a couple breakfasts, you know, in Nebraska somewhere, wearing a red. Sweater. I don't know. I, I I just I think there are some critical questions that must be asked about whether this is part of an overall plan, which it probably is, but but it must be fairly asked: Was this a spontaneous utterance, a, a hopeful but spontaneous utterance on the part of Ted Cruz? In other words, a kind of a tease. Not not a cruel one, but one that doesn't mean quite what we hoped. Although, again, the fair reading of what he said is far more affirmative than what is being reported. And you're only hearing that here on the Blaze Radio Network like you heard America's number one story today on the Glenn Beck show, when Ted Cruz say what he say. Now, Rubio, by the way, has said, count me out as a Trump VP. Usually, this means I really badly want it. Ask me. But you know what? I don't think in this case it does. I don't think in this case it does. I mean, Trump, if Trump is the nominee, he could do a lot worse. Oh, boy. He could do a lot worse than Rubio. But I think, I think Rubio means it. And I think Rubio means it because of all of the candidates who might conceivably be asked, isn't it Rubio who has the most, on paper, on paper, the most promising prospective future? He's like 12 years old, and he emerges from this campaign virtually untainted. And if the Republicans lose, his biggest decision will be, do I run against a Hillary Clinton running for re-election? Or do I wait for 2024, with my apologies, to actually taking your brain and ripping it out and kicking it down the street, and hitting it with a stick, and making it hurt by mentioning, by uttering the numerals 2024 to you. My apologies. Eric, from what the BBC calls Houston. Eric, welcome.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. Uh, I wanted to point out to your last caller, uh, today is the deadline in Texas for any independent or third-party Candidates to file, and next week, I believe it's next Tuesday is the deadline in North Carolina, so yeah.
1: any talk nobody's, nobody's running or winning third party
3: yeah, I mean it's it's crazy I don't know why this guy who was this last caller was saying we ought to have run a third party candidate it's you can't you know you 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 oh you could if you you won't be on the ballot in Texas or North Carolina and a couple of weeks from now. Uh, there are another another few states hit, so it's uh, it's virtually Eric, impossible at this point.
1: Eric, you know the one case study that exists to support what Richard, and it's still, the Cup playoffs are still on, so I must refer to him as Richard, the one precedent, the one case study that supports what Richard wants to do? What? The kamikaze pilots of Japan, World War Two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you could technically run
3: as a write-in.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I could. And and I, Jay Severin, would have as much chance as the best organized national third-party candidate. None.
3: Yep. Hey, Jay, one last quick point before I let you go. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about these wonderful polls today where Trump is tied with Hillary in Pennsylvania, and, and he's leading by four points in Ohio. You know what's going unnoticed that I picked up on Twitter early this morning, the same time that? that the, the this Qu- Quinnipiac poll hit? There was another poll out of Louisiana. Trump is beating Hillary. Get this. In Louisiana, I think it's the New Orleans paper, the Times-Picayune or something. Picayune, yeah. 56% to 32 percent he's crushing yep. her all these Eric yep. Erickson people are saying well trump can't even win in the spin in the deep south yeah 56 percent to 32 percent in louisiana thanks jay you got a wonderful show i listen every single day you take care
1: eric from houston and you're a smarter guy than even you started out because you do thank you uh, uh eric is right about a number of things Obviously, Uh, but one thing he's right about is that you look at these polls, they don't mean everything, and I've always cautioned you, I have always cautioned you about national polls because we do not have a national election. We do not have a national election. I know that comes as a shock to many people. Every time I say it, I get incredulous tweets and emails saying, you moron, what are you talking about? Here's what. We don't have a national election. This is just a refresher course in this particular sermon. We don't have a national election. We never have had one. Ideally, we never will because we are a constitutional republic. And what our constitutional republic provides is that we have 50 individual state elections, all of which happened to culminate on one day, which we call a national election day. But you see, they used to teach English in public schools. And when I learned English, uh, uh, okay, when I learned English, we still diagrammed sentences. Does anyone under the age of 40 know what I mean when I say diagram a sentence or does everyone under 40 have an ear trained only to hear diaphragm, diaphragm sentences? No. As in free government diaphragms. No. Uh Uh-uh. No. We used to diagram sentences. Here's how. National Election Day. Now, first of all, that's not a sentence. But unless you learned how to diagram sentences, chances are you don't know that that's not a sentence because it doesn't have subject object predicate It doesn't have subject verb predicate. It doesn't have a sentence. That's not a declarative sentence. That's not an imperative sentence. It's not an in- interrogatory. It's not a sentence. It doesn't have the required components of a sentence. National Election Day. You can't put a period on that. You can't put an exclamation point on it. You cannot punctuate it because it is not a sentence. Only sentences can be punctuated in English. And in English, National Election Day ain't a sentence. But you know what? For the moment, we're going to pretend it is. We're going to pretend National Election Day is a sentence. We're going to diagram it. We're going to go up to the chalkboard, and we're going to draw a horizontal line left to right on the chalkboard. And I'm going to go up to the board and I'm going to write day. Because day is the noun. Day. Okay. What do we have here? National Election Day. So what I'm writing first up on my diagram is day. And then underneath, I'm going to draw a slanty wise line. Because that's what you do for an adjective. Adjective. Four, uh, black, white, purple, nice, not nice, hellish, beautiful, adjectives. And I'm going to write a slanty wise line underneath day, and I'm going to write national. Break. Because the word national in, in the Perverted sentence, National Election Day. The adjective national in National Election Day modifies, as we used to call it in education, in primary school education, the word national modifies the word election. I'm sorry, no, the word day. National modifier for the word day. It's a national day And then another slanty line of election. My point is, the adjective national does not modify election. It modifies day. That is to say, we don't have a national election. We have a national day on which we have an election.
2: This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: My partners, before I went off on my raving, although I think it was probably pretty brilliant raving, don't you? And by brilliant, I mean the definition of brilliant is illuminating, right? It doesn't necessarily mean intelligent. It means illuminating. Like if you walk into a room brightly lit, you could say, it's positively brilliant in here, okay? So I think my brilliant raving on the diagramming of sentences Uh, I did bury my my point, and my point is National Election Day is why national polls don't matter as much, as much. They do matter. They don't matter as much as state-to-state polls because National Election Day means not we have a national election that happens on this day. It means we have a day on which everybody votes nationally. But, you know, if you lose a neighboring state by 10 million votes, you can't dump them in. If you win a neighboring state by 20 million votes, you can't, not one of them, use them to dump into this state and help you. You can't spill over. It's not a bank account. You can't commingle funds. You have to win each individual state or not in order to get to the Electoral College magic number of, what is it, 272, 262? Uh, I'll refresh my recollection. So that's the point. Pay attention to state, individual state polls. We'll talk about those in a second. But right now, the national polls that aren't that important showed Trump backed by six yesterday. Backed by five. This is Jay
2: Severin. Severin on the blaze radio network.
1: The civics circus Maximus never disappoints. The civic circus Maximus gets wonderfully weirder every day. And today it means the number one story in America in the Civic Circus Maximus comes from, yes, the Blaze Radio Network, Excelsior. My partners, my dear friends, welcome back. We are the Blaze Radio Network. You know, the source for America's number one story today on the Glenn Beck Show this morning. Ted Cruz told Glenn Beck, if in response to Glenn's question, what happens if you win Nebraska? And you you will recall that yesterday afternoon right here, we pondered this question. We said, will, will we be haunted if Ted does well in nebraska or subsequent primaries will we think what might have been is there any you know what does that mean and this morning glenn beck made it the number one national story because he put the question to ted cruz and ted cruz said well i got in this race to win it and i got out after indiana because and i'm paraphrasing here the the the, there i saw no path to victory but if i see a path to victory I will respond accordingly. Now, there are a number of things about this which must be said, and I will endeavor to say briefly. Uh, One is that this is both less and more encouraging spontaneously and simultaneously than you might think. What I mean is, how is it less encouraging it's less encouraging because if Ted really was looking at Nebraska today as a linchpin to regenerate his campaign, as a rationale for re entering, reactivating his campaign, would he really have spent the last whatever it's been, 10 days, you know, n- never entering Nebraska? Would he have waited to tell this to Glenn this morning? Or would he have said this to Glenn a week ago? Thus, serving notice on the voters of Nebraska that, hey, if you want to, you can go vote for me. I'm not dead. I'm not without a pulse. You know, if you want to vote for me, vote for me. Wouldn't wouldn't you do that? If you were Ted and you wanted people to still consider you? So, this is why I wonder whether this is less encouraging for those of us who are cruise people than it appears prima facie, you know, on its face at first glance. Because it doesn't appear to be part of a plan. I don't know that it's as significant as it appears. That is to say, it certainly profound as a news story. Uh, Glenn made the network and and you made the network that source of the number one news story in America today again. So it's certainly profound as a news story. Is it significant? That is to say, does it signify something politically? I mean, is, is was this a kind of a spontaneous utterance on Ted's part or did he truly mean to signify something which is okay here it comes here's my announcement i'm kind of back in this what the heck does it mean you know and if ted really wanted this to be a message to nebraska voters again wouldn't he have told glenn this a week ago all right that is the narrow bummer reading of what Ted told Glenn this morning. Here is the broader, and I think fair, fairer read of this statute. And that is that Ted's told Glenn something this morning far more profound than at first glance it appears. Because Ted said to Glenn Beck, I didn't think I had a path to victory, but if I do, he didn't say because of Nebraska. And he didn't say what victory is. He said, if I sense, if I detect a path to victory, well, I'm back in this thing. Well, hell now. That's a different matter, isn't it? Because that doesn't just mean <clears throat> if I win tonight in Nebraska. That means if at any time... I mean, this is how I read it. Do you do you argue that this is a, a, an, a, an inaccurate, re, a, you know, a distorted reading of this? What Ted said to Glenn is, if at any time I detect a path to victory, I'm back in this. Well, that doesn't just mean... Tonight in Nebraska, that means any time, any moment, anyhow, anywhere, any way. If I see an opening to a path to victory, that is to say, short of the moment that 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 uh, Trump is declared the nominee, I reserve and am anticipating the right to re-enter and contest for the nomination. That's how I read it. And that's why this morning's news is truly the news. If anything, it's being underreported. The the, the Glenn Beck story this morning with Ted Cruz is being underreported, if anything, because simple people read it as, uh, if I win in Nebraska, I may get back in. That is not a fair reading of the statute, my friends. The fair reading of the statute is if any time I see a path to victory, I'm getting back in. That is far more affirmative, far broader, and if you're a Cruz supporter, far more encouraging than merely if I win Nebraska. Cause why would he say that? Because that now, now Nebraska tonight comes and goes. If he wins, great. And by the way if he wins can you imagine the nature and magnitude of media attention and pressure that he is invited on himself right okay but i'm not i'm nearly ted's too smart for that what ted was saying to glenn is in response to your question glenn i'm back in this if and when i see a path to victory period why would he, he's too smart. Why would he limit himself to Nebraska? Because that would mean if he loses tonight in Nebraska, then what? He's foreclosed again? That's it. He's dead. He's shut down. No, no. He's, he's a lawyer. He's a Harvard lawyer. He's too smart. You, you wouldn't do that. You would not make such a broad, your intention of what you say could not be that broad. He's too smart for that. So what Ted said this morning was, you know, I'm in this as long as there is an in. Now, there isn't an in at this moment. But if and when there's an in, I'm in. We'll be right back.
2: The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Show only on the Blaze
1: Radio Network. Welcome back, partners and friends, and you are. I am Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network. You know, the source of America's biggest news story again today with Ted Cruz on the Glenn Beck Show saying he may get back in the campaign. Uh, Ted Cruz is holding a press conference at this moment in Washington, and I can't hear it. So I can't tell you what he's saying, but I can tell you, without hearing it, what all of the questions are. All of the questions are, "Ah, ah, what you told Glenn Beck this morning? What you told Glenn Beck this morning? What are you going to do? Okay. So everything we've talked about thus far in terms of how you read what Ted Cruz told Glenn this morning, all of that is being updated as history as we speak And I'm being denied it, and it's killing me like you're pulling out my spleen right now that I can't know what this is and what he's saying. But in a little while, we will know what Ted means this afternoon by what he told Glenn this morning. That is to say, how expansive are the prospects that Ted may reenter the campaign as he revealed in a fireball blockbuster appearance with Glenn Beck this morning on, yes, The Blaze. Am I, am I, am I pumping us up? Yes, I am. Because if you care about this stuff, further evidence of where you want to be. Now, may I preface this with, for those of us Who are against Trump. I've been saying for days. I want to reiterate. I I understand there are reasons to be against Trump. I'd like to hear someone tell me what they are. I mean if you believe in freedom and liberty. And this is again now. This is discounting Ted Cruz's prospective re-entry into the campaign. If Trump is the nominee. you're against him. Why? I mean, because if you care about liberty and freedom and your choices are a Clinton and Trump, you're for who? If you care about the Supreme court and you in understand what the Supreme court means to us, you're for who, whom I should say. So my basic question is, there are many over time, but the one for I have for right now at this moment is, are you against Trump because he can't win? Because many people say the reason I'm against him is, guy can't win. Guy's going to get slaughtered. Guy's going to get hammered, and he's going to bring the Republican House and Senate down with him. That is a very legitimate concern. In fact, I am deeply concerned. That is my number one concern. No one asked me. I guess you're not going to ask me about my uh, about this. So I have to tell you and and uh, absent questions, uh, you're going to get declarations. And declaration number one is my number one deepest concern about Trump is that he will lose big and take the House and Senate down with him. Now, that's I said, that's my deepest concern. It is not my It is not my primary belief. It is my deepest fear. It is my deepest concern. My primary suspicion is that Trump will win in a landslide and give us veto-proof majorities in the Senate. That's what I think could happen. That's what I think could happen. In fact, if you want to listen to 30 years of political experience who had to do it for a living, plus on TV and radio, as well as advising actual campaigns all over the world, I will tell you that this has all the appearances of a possible landslide. And those of you, whatever you believe whoever you're for, if you're a cruise guy or gal like I am, I haven't had the operation. I am still a cruise guy. Uh, I still know which bathroom to use. Uh, But no matter what your preferences are, if you are politically savvy, you look at the polls, you look at what's happening. The national polls, which I've explained already at excruciating length, don't much matter because we don't have a national election. What matters really are the state-by-state polls. However, national polls are not worthless. They do indicate a tide. They can indicate a tide. And right now, the tide ain't for Hillary Clinton. Right now, the real clear average uh, political survey, as of yesterday, shows Trump behind Hillary by six. That's, That's a heartbeat away from winning and today the national uh, poll NBC shows Trump down by five that's the start or could be of what we call in this business a trend or maybe a tidal wave maybe maybe but the other huge news today and again I said all I've said so far in this segment Because I want to know, are you against Trump because he can't win? Or look into your soul. Are you against him because he can? Because, I'm telling you, he can. I'm not saying he will. I'm saying he can. He could. And it's more likely, based on everything I know and everything I've done in my life, it is more likely... More likely to me that he wins in a landslide than that he loses. Mark my words, Guru J Say. This is not an endorsement. I'm a cruise guy, but I'm also a real guy. You know, as I say, whether or not I paid the rent depended on whether I guessed right whether my guesses were educated, how I informed my clients running for Senate and governor and president and everything else. So that's what I, that's how I see the real world as of this moment. But let me tell you what the second biggest news next to Glenn Beck's interview with Ted Cruz this morning is. And that is a combination of the Fox report yesterday and this came in at the end of the show. We had no time to discuss it. The Washington Post reported yesterday, here are five plausible templates. Here are, here are five feasible uh, scenarios by which Trump wins the Electoral College and the presidency. And they laid it out. Today, when we woke up this morning, a prominent polling organization, and as reported by print radio, television web, everybody in the world, I heard it on BBC at two o'clock in the morning, eastern time. two minutes three o'clock, three o'clock, maybe Eastern time. I heard the results of the latest Quinnipiac poll polls. Individual state polls, because yesterday the Fox, sorry, the Washington Post story said, here are five plausible routes, scenarios, whereby Trump wins the Electoral College and the presidency. All of them are derivative of winning somewhere between three and five key swing states. Florida, Ohio, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Are the top four Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin? Top three Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania. This morning we woke up to individual statewide poll results that said in Florida, Trump is in a dead heat with Clinton. In Pennsylvania, Trump is in a dead heat with Clinton. In Ohio, the state everybody needs, the state no Republican has ever captured the presidency without. The state without winning, someone has to stand on their head like a Cirque du Soleil uh, acrobat to try and put together the math to win the Electoral College. Ohio being the key of the swing states. Trump is ahead, and he's ahead by four points, which is almost out of the margin of error. Remember, please, what Guru Jay say.
2: Jay Severin, The Blaze Radio Network.
1: Okay. Yes, Dave, and yes, partners, I am back. Thank you. Uh, At the Blaze Radio Network, yet again, the source of the number one news story in America, by virtue of Glenn Beck's uh, brilliant interview with Ted Cruz this morning, whereby Ted admitted for the first time anywhere, revealed for the first time anywhere, he is not yet out of this race and may specifically, as he revealed, get back into it. And I think the conditions for that and this story is far bigger, greater, more profound than even is being reported. I think what he told Glenn is far broader than is being reported. He didn't just say if I win or do well in Nebraska. He said, if I see a path to victory. Now, I'm lawyering that and you ought to lawyer it because a fair reading of that statement means If at any point, i.e. as a result of Nebraska or not as a result of Nebraska, if at a later time, as a result of anything, if a frozen cow should slide out of a transport plane and crash through Trump Tower, tragically, if anything should occur, which opens a path to victory for me, I am back in this race. That's what Ted Cruz said. That's what makes Glenn's interview with him number one in the universe today. That, that is what makes it bigger than it has been even thus reported. And it's been reported big, huge. The other huge story is the early individual swing state polls are showing that Trump is tied with or ahead Of Hillary Clinton. I just want you to digest that over time. Because I know a lot of people are against Trump because they say he can't win. And I know a lot of people are against Trump because he can win. Let me straighten this out. He can. I'm not saying he will, but he can. And I think it, as Afor said, I believe it based on everything I know, my experience, my instincts. It's very early. But right now, gun to the head, Al-Qaeda hostage video, what I'd say to you is send me a BLT. No, what I'd say is uh, it is more likely if Trump ends up the nominee that he wins in a landslide than that he loses. Again, and I'm not going to say it again. I've said it once. The people who didn't understand it aren't here, so I don't want to waste your time. Now, um, darn, there was another thing I wanted to... Oh, I know. Here it is. Mario. Mario tweets the most profound question at this moment. This is the question... This is the matter that will be settled, and it will, one way or the other. And the settlement of Mario's uh, question here will determine the fate of this nation. Mario, I'll bet even you didn't know how profound your question was. And here it is. Mario says, I'm against, and I'm going to quote verbatim so there's no mistake, Quote, I'm against Trump because, okay, and here's the payoff. This is all I've ever asked. Mario's given me all I've ever asked. An argument, a reason, and what the lawyers call an argument. You know, my lawyer says to me, he's also my agent. When something comes up and I say, well, there's this, this, and this. If if there's any merit to it, he will ponder it silently for a few minutes, and he'll say to me, "Well, it's an argument." You know what that means in the law? Nothing, but but, but actually, it means everything. It means you either have an argument or you don't. Doesn't mean you'll win. Doesn't mean you lose. Means you have an argument. You've got something that a judge isn't going to toss the first time he looks at it, okay? It's an argument. Mario makes one. I'm against Trump because he has failed to demonstrate how he plans to uphold and defend the Constitution. Mario's argument is that Trump has failed to demonstrate how he plans to uphold and defend the Constitution. Mario is absolutely correct. Mario is inarguably correct. Mario makes the best argument I'm aware of, the best argument I've ever heard, the single most effective available argument in the effing universe against Donald Trump by an intelligent American patriot is this argument proffered by Mario. Donald Trump has failed to demonstrate, and he has, how he plans to uphold and defend the Constitution. And he has. He has failed to demonstrate this. Yet, My response, Mario, my argument, argumento, my argument to yours is you have a great point. Mine is just a sliver greater, I argue. And that is if Mario argues that the failure to demonstrate how you're going to defend the Constitution is a compelling reason to oppose somebody, then ipso facto, if we've got somebody who has demonstrated her plans for the Constitution of the United States, then we have the overarching, damning argument and the ultimate argument the winning argument the prevailing argument the sensible argument the constitutional patriotic american sensible rational logical argument against hillary clinton because if you say man you know i don't know where what, what i don't know what trump's going to do with the constitution i don't know how far he'll go to defend and uphold the constitution Mario, you're right. Trump has not demonstrated. He has not told us how far he's willing to go. And that leaves us with a choice between a guy who, based on his lifetime, his statements, whatever evidence we can scratch out of this campaign, Mario, you and I have to say we got on the one hand. We have a binary choice here, A or B, and please, please, please don't waste the more valuable everyday Blaze Radio Network time by saying third party or, you know, uh, other masturbatory fantasies of wing nuts. We're talking real world here. Mario's talking real world. I'm talking real world. You're talking real world. Real world, we have a binary choice, A or B. A is Donald Trump, who has failed to demonstrate his adherence. I'm sorry. Withdrawal rephrase. Donald Trump has failed to demonstrate how he plans to uphold and defend the Constitution. That is right. He has failed to demonstrate that, but he has never offered any evidence that he's anti-constitutional. But your binary choice is between someone who has failed to affirmatively tell you, here are the things I'll do to preserve, protect, defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Your choice is between that and a domestic enemy of the Constitution of the United States, Hillary Clinton, who all her life, Mario, has demonstrated her plans for upholding and defending the Constitution, i.e., none, i.e., destroying it, i.e., sorry, e.g., putting on the Supreme Court of the United States people who do not believe, like Hillary, do not believe in the Constitution of the United States of America, who think it's racist, oppressive, repressive, press my shirts, uh, is is homophobic? Is onophobic? Is phobophobic? Is vigilante? Is wrong? Is bad? That's why Mario's argument, as proffered, is the single best, but losing, ultimately, argument that can be made in this campaign right now, and that is, where does Trump? Where do the two candidates? One of whom overwhelmingly most likely to be the nominees of their party, overwhelmingly going to be our choice to make a binary choice, A or B. We have, a, we are overwhelmingly going to have to choose likely between Trump and Clinton, and Trump has failed, much to my far more than chagrin, to my disgust, to my my profound worry yes trump has failed to devote adequate demonstration to us of how he will preserve protect and defend the constitution of the united states but hillary she has not failed we know exactly where she stands
2: Jay Severin, the blaze radio network The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio
1: Network. And partners. And partners. One of whom is RJ from Minnesota. Welcome back. We don't have a lot of time, but such time as we have, I know you shall exploit. Hi, Jay. Hi,
5: Jay. Hey, RJ. Here, you know, you can ramble. And I'm, I was hoping you were going to save me a little bit of time. How are you feeling today, Jay.
1: Well, other than my incessant rambling, I feel okay.
5: Because you did have a frontal lobotomy, like my friend Bobby in Ohio, right?
1: Actually, I had a bottle we in front hill. of me.
4: <laughs> I had a bottle in
1: front of me, which is slightly different. But Wait, RJ, given given the paucity of time, other than you know uh, what appears to be a series of witty insults at um, in, at my expense, did you have a point you want to make, or is, or is that the point? well? Yes.
5: We we talked about this last week. I said Ted's not dead; dead. he's coming back. And Uh, I thought uh, we agreed. Good
1: point for you.
5: And I thought we agreed that there was a viable chance that he'd be back in it. Oh, and I think I'm not sure. I'm
1: not. I'm not sure. I had your foresight. I probably didn't agree. Thank you for the offer, but I probably don't deserve that. I don't think I believed last week that Ted would get back in. Um, I, I did question whether he withdrew prematurely, but I don't believe I believed he was going to get back in. And by the way, I don't really believe it now. Ast- t- t- or, uh subject to whatever Ted said half an hour ago in Washington, which I don't know.
5: Remember I said to you that it would make a good um, good argument in front of a uh, court for for a good attorney? To sue Kasich, if uh, if he decided, you know, to find out that he was in it to just keep Ted from being on. Now, if Kasich frankly, gets back in, would it be an open? Frankly, I and don't.
1: Case? Frankly, I don't. But I hope I said, good luck with that one. Yeah. What if Kasich gets back in? Good luck with that one. I mean, as long as <laughs> are you changing the subject? You're talking about a lawsuit against a candidate. Yeah. Because, because well, you're questioning their motives for running, what would be, just in layman's terms, what would be the possible rationality for that? What would be the possible rationale for a lawsuit in a court of law against a candidate because they ran or didn't run?
5: I don't know. Could there be some sort of deprivation uh, uh, suit against
1: him? I just mean, no, no. I mean, in, don't, don't, let's not try to outthink this. In layman's terms, what's the complaint? What do we think? What do you and I, RJ, as American citizens, we have Kasich in the room, and he does the worst, in your view. What would you say to him? Well, you'd say, Governor, you know, how could you do X? What is X? Ruin somebody. RJ, how many politicians do things for selfish reasons, do things for impenetrable reasons? You know, where they tell us one thing. And they're actually doing it for another reason. R.J., if that were subject to litigation, you know, we would we would not only be a litigious society, which we are already. We'd be absolutely paralyzed with litigation. R.J., we need to talk about this more, but not in terms of a lawsuit. The Jay Severin Show, only
3: on the Blaze Radio Network.